Hi, welcome to Eurocron. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Eurocron is a podcast where we chronicle extraordinary people and their extraordinary stories. Our goal is simple, entertain, inspire, educate, and at times humor our audience while our guests build their audio legacy. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. All right, our next guest on Yurkron is Eric Bogle. Eric, welcome to Yurkron. Thank you very much. Hey, thank Thanks you for, for being here. So uh, first things first, a uh, little salute. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, thank you. And we are, um, we are at a very cool, well, my neighborhood bar actually, called uh, Night As Well. And if uh, you listened to a couple podcasts ago when we were doing the CBD oil, I was fortunate to meet Eric. His establishment is by the, uh, by the coffee place. And uh, he was, uh, we were all out watching the people stand in line for about two hours that day trying to get coffee thinking why aren't they coming over here and getting a cold beer because this place is awesome they had quite the line <laughs> they, they did indeed so uh eric um you uh you are a bar owner and where is a good place to start your extraordinary story as a bar owner in houston texas um i guess uh origin's story is that i uh i moved here uh 20 years ago uh, 21 now. I moved here in May of 1998, and I had a record label for the band that I was in that was based here in Houston. Um, so I moved here to be a musician, and uh, bartending is a really good profession to get into when you're a musician. Uh, you tour a whole lot, and so it's a way that you can kind of go away for weeks at a time and uh, be on the road and then come home and pick up shifts and uh, stay busy when you're home, but be able to leave kind of whenever you want to. So flexible hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was about a decade there where I was, uh, on the road, probably easily six months out of every year. Um, you know, cumulatively it'd be three or four weeks at a time, but I would come home and ask if anybody needed shifts picked up and, uh, work my way through being home bartending. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's what got me into the industry. Um, then in about, let's see, it was 2009 when all of the bands start. everybody kind of aged out of it. We were all getting into our 30s and realizing that uh, if we weren't rich and famous at that point, we needed to pivot and figure something else out. Now I'm smiling because uh, uh, Levon and I just got back from Las Vegas this weekend. We saw Aerosmith and uh, those guys are in their early 70s, but you're, Indeed. you're, you're hanging it up at... <laughs> in the 30-somethings on, on the music biz. Yeah, a, a decade. <laughs> I had a lot of fun in that decade, yeah. and, um, but that was a, a good amount of time to put into it, and when it's still not your primary source of income, even through uh, a lot of hard work, it, it's just kind of time to hang it up, I think. So yeah. Did it, it get to a point where it just wasn't fun anymore, or was it just all pretty economically based? or? No, I mean, it was fun it was always fun but after a while of you know when you go out on the road and you're kind of sharing hotel rooms and um, you're not seeing your family or whoever your girlfriend whoever's back home very much um, the strains are less worth it when you're not making a good a good bit of money 
I mean, we were on buses and in hotels and doing things like that, and you can occasionally hear me play guitar on a rare movie soundtrack or maybe NPR bumper music or something if they choose it for the day. But uh, there, there were good successes, but never to the point where I was flush with cash and, and uh, going to be okay for the next 20 or 30 years. So, <laughs> right, right. so uh, I guess take us through that moment that... that 10-year spot where you had to make a decision that must have been a pretty excruciating decision though I mean we're talking about a career change in your 30s so that's yeah a lot of thought and stuff going into that um it it was uh it was bittersweet to to try and end that um you know kind of played my last show knowing in my mind that it was my last show but not really knowing for sure um I had been involved with a few different projects and had been picked up as a hired gun on a couple of other projects just uh, so I didn't really know for sure that there wasn't another thing coming but um, I knew that my main project at the time was had kind of seen its course and so um, yeah it, it it happened a little more gradually than just quitting um, but once I stopped doing that I was I was with a woman at the time who um, was really interested in me getting a full-time day job and was trying to figure out if we could buy a house together so um, I went and did that for a little while. Uh, I worked for a uh, contractor for the VA for about four years uh, doing compensation and pension exams and then uh, I worked for an oil company in quality control like an oil tools producer. Um, very um, <coughs> strict uh, tolerance for the production of parts that we were using. Right. Um, and so I worked in quality control there for three or four years. And that seven-ish years got me to the point where I had enough money to start thinking about opening a bar, which was something that was actually more of a passion project for me. Um, I realized that <clears throat> nine to five didn't work as well for me as, uh, as I had hoped that it would. You still like the nightlife and that kind of stuff? Yeah, my, my mom would tell you that from an infant I was uh, you know up until 3 in the morning and sleep until 10 or 11, so that's always been kind of my schedule. <laughs> You're either second shift for the oil tool company or the bar, and the bar probably sounded funner. Yeah, and the oil tool company was actually great because it was a really small company, and so I was allowed to kind of adjust my hours as I needed, uh, so I could come in late and work all night if I wanted to, and... Uh, just doing tolerance measuring and spreadsheet work you know it didn't really need to interact with other people in the company so um, as corporate jobs go that was a nice one because my hours were totally flexible but yeah bar bar life and bar uh, culture is kind of what I had known the best I guess yeah and a lot of people that I talk to it always comes into the conversation. Nobody's ever really serious about it, but uh, a lot of people say, man, it'd be really cool telling a little bar or to have a little ice house or something like that. And what, what do those people um, not know <laughs> when, they're, <laughs> when they're saying those type of things? It, you know, it does, because it's such a social thing, um, it's easy to think of it being a, you know, a fun party all the time. Right, you get caught up in the, you know, it, it, the thought of your friends coming in and seeing you and yeah. being the bar owner and all that. That That's probably the, the thing that intrigues people, but but uh, it is a business. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's the main thing folks miss when they uh, kind of 
look at the grass is greener situation and they think, oh man, bartending, bar bar owning, what a fun time. Uh, they kind of miss the 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 fact that it it really is a full time job and and you know you can maybe throw a party at your house once a month or even once a week, but doing it every single day, um, there's a certain uh, there's just a certain amount of work that goes into keeping the wheels on everything, you know? Yeah. Um, there were some guys in here uh, when we met the other day. Um, there was a guy in here, and he was like, yeah, my attorney friends and I have have kind of thrown around the idea of putting a bar together. And There you go. Um, and, and I've seen folks do that before, and then I've seen folks that are actually in the industry come and take that bar off those people's hands. Um, it's not something that's not doable but it's uh you have to really want to do it and if you're an attorney or something like that you're gonna take a pay cut (laughs) (laughs) right so what what are some of the things that that the pitfalls maybe that people that are thinking of of owning their own own bar um what what do you see is overlooked most of the time maybe in that thought of owning your own bar um i think that you know, you can you can write out business plans, and you can um, kind of look at comparable bars in the area. You can look and see what other people are doing, take lessons from your favorite places. But something that you don't realize until you're into it is that there's a lot of. I think if you're doing it correctly, there's a lot of emotional investment because it's a community place that you're trying to run, and the bartenders to a certain extent are. Well, let's say that maybe the owner is the pastor of the church and the, and the bartenders are the deacons. Uh, Interesting analogy, yeah. but yeah, let's go with the, the church um, analogy. Well, and, and that, uh, that actually kind of speaks back to history just to jump back. I, I yeah. grew up in a pretty religious household and family, extended family, um, really close with my aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents. So my nuclear family was big. It was a lot, a lot of people, not just me and my sister and my parents. Um, but we went to church three times a week and, um, there was, that was something that I didn't keep up with later in life for various reasons. But, um, the thing that I found very valuable about growing up in the church and and just looking at a community that supported people like that was that you have this group of people that you're seeing a couple of times a week, two or three times a week. Uh, if you get into trouble, they're the people who are your friends who are going to be there. It's a way to meet people that you wouldn't have met otherwise in your community. It's it's networking, and but it, it ends up becoming an extended family um, in the better churches. Um, and I think I just look at bars as kind of what I pivoted to because when I moved to Houston, I was 21. Uh, or I was 20 when I moved here. I turned 21 shortly after. But um, when I started getting into the bar scenes here, because of being a musician, you're always playing in a bar, I started finding that camaraderie. And I started finding the community support. I started meeting people who would become my friends for the next 20 years. And, you know, I, I was down in San Leon at an oyster festival this weekend. Uh, I don't know anybody in San Leon, or I didn't think I did but driving down the road and I rolled down the window and leaned out and hollered at my friend that I hadn't seen in 15 years. Oh, wow. And, of all uh, places. Yeah. And my wife 
kind of just looked sideways at me and was like, how do you know that guy? Because <laughs> he's my family for five years, 15 years ago. I, I, you know, I love that guy. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I, I think the analogy, it, it fits. And um, it's, it's a place, at least for my, my places, um, I want it to be a, a community center and I want it to be a place where I can engage and, and meet the people in the community and, and get to know new friends and a place where, you know, like the old cheers adage where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself today. Let me go over to Might As Well somebody's going to be there that I know, even if it's just the bartender. Uh, somebody I can sit with and talk with for a few minutes and just feel some sort of connection with. Yeah. Um, and that's that's been important to me uh, in the in the two bars that I own. Yeah. That's, uh, that analogy makes a lot of sense now. That, that really uh, is interesting. And so the name of your other bar is? Uh, the Houston Watch Company. Uh, it's downtown on Franklin between Maine and Travis. It's a block from where Houston was founded. Um, it's in the uh, housed in what was the Southern and Pacific Railroad corporate office building, uh, built in 1912 uh, to be that building. Um, so for Southern and Pacific. And at the time, in 1912, uh, the railroads were in charge of keeping standardized time throughout the United States. They were kind of the first industry that needed standardized time. Oh, interesting. Prior to that, you would just walk into the center of town, look at the clock, and set your watch to it, and that's what time it was in whatever town you were in. Mm -hmm. But uh, train schedules and whatnot, you wanted to make sure that it's you know noon in the same place at the same time, or mm -hmm. in a different place at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, in 1912, there were four guys who were keeping standardized time for the United States. They were based in New York, Chicago, L.A., and Houston. Uh, Houston was, uh, the city council brochure at the time said, where 17 railroads meet the sea. <laughs> and so... I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were a giant port city. Um, mm. You know, you could get your boat up to, Allen Park, or to Allen's Landing downtown. Uh, that was as far up as you could get a steamboat and turn it around and head back out to the ocean. Really? So that's why Houston was founded where it was. Okay. Um, and you can see it today where the bayous, the, the um, White Oak and uh, Buffalo Bayou converge together. Yes. That's the spot where you can turn a ship or, or turn a boat around. I know exactly where that is. Um, yep. So um, the railroads were, were pretty important, too. It's on our city seal. If you ever look at a sewer cover, there's a railroad on it. Um, or a train car on it. But um, so in conjunction with the Southern Pacific Railroad's corporate office building, they had this prominent local jeweler, VA Corrigan, open a watch repair and maintenance shop mm -hmm. in the lobby of their corporate office building. Mm. And it was there uh, as the Houston Watch Company from 1912 until 1990. Uh, and that's when Southern Pacific moved out of the building. Um, so when we found that space downtown it was pretty much untouched um it's got old wood on the walls the original greek key tile on the floor the original staircase it's got a an oak mezzanine that kind of looks down over what is the bar area now very cool um but it, it was a historic place that was still intact and we that that building is now a residential building and so our idea was kind of let's be the living room bar for this 109 unit residential building um good start for a customer base yeah yeah, yeah it was for nice. sure. and mm -hmm. uh, my business partner at that one actually lives upstairs but um so convenient for him to ride the elevator to work a nice short <laughs> ride to work yeah. yeah but um 
you know, once we started realizing the history of that place, it just seemed wrong to call it anything else. And no other, only one other business has ever been in there other than the watch company and the bar, the Houston Watch Company. Uh, and it was a coffee house for about a year and a half from 2006 to 2008. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you, you opened this, that bar how long ago? Uh, we just celebrated our four-year anniversary about three weeks ago. Four years. Congratulations. So you, you've got this uh, bar downtown. Mm-hmm. And then how did the decision come about to open another bar? Well, uh, one of my very good friends uh, from the bartending industry um, had started opening a series of bars about 10 or 11 years ago. Um, so he opened the original Pearl Bar on White on uh, Washington, and then he opened Big Star Bar in the Heights and Grand Prize Bar in the Museum District, and then uh, just a cascading series of other bars. Um, he and I have been friends for a very long time. His name is Brad Moore, um, and then we had a mutual friend who used to work for the Downtown Management District, and uh, she lived here in Spring Branch. She and her husband lived here in Spring Branch. And uh, they kind of had the same feeling that a lot of spring branchers do. It's, it's a great place to live, but there's not a lot of places for nightlife. Um, and they were pretty interested in opening up a bar over here, but they weren't really in the industry. Um, they were co-founders of Eureka Heights Brewing, uh, as it turned out later on. Mm-hmm. But um, they're not really in the day-to-day operation um, part of, of that industry either. So... Um, Anyway, they, they lived across the street from Robbie, who owned this place prior to us. Um, and Robbie passed away in, uh, I think, October of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was their across-the-street neighbor. They knew she had this place. And when she passed, they had spoken with her children, and her children didn't really want to keep it open or manage it past the lease. And so when the lease expired, um, they asked Brad and myself if we would help them open up a place in Spring Branch that was close to their house. Uh, and since we both had experience in the bar industry before and um, were running places that were still open and going. it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they, they asked us to come in and, and Brad and I, had, uh, despite knowing each other for 21 years, had never gotten a chance to work together. Um, uh, other than we were bartended together for a brief period in Montrose at Rudyard's Pub, but um, he was—he's a little bit older than me, so he kind of left that and, uh, right as I was coming in. But I was super excited to work with Brad, um, just because he's been a friend and mentor uh, to me for a really long time. And uh, then, yeah, so we all kind of got in together, and when the lease ran out on Robbie's place, we took it over and did a little remodeling and. Uh, brightened it up a little bit but um. it looks absolutely fantastic I, like I said uh, when I stopped by here last Saturday I uh, have seen this place from the outside and uh, you know I, as I told you I grew up not far from here sure yeah. <laughs> this place is uh, which is kind of uh, not, a, not a place that I would tip not a go-to bar I sure. would just say but wisely you had the door open yeah. Uh, <laughs> on helps. Saturday, I, yes, it does, because I, I peeked in, and you were the first person I spoke with, and then I looked in, and I said, 
immediately uh, I called uh, called my wife. I said, "You got to go over here and have a drink at this place. This yeah. is really, really nice, and it is. I mean, you've done a done a wonderful job." And, and uh, so, how to now now that you've uh, you've had this place for how long? Uh, it'll be a year in June that we've been open. Okay. Um, we took over the lease in March of mm-hmm. last year, so uh, we did a little bit of um, remodeling in here. Mm-hmm. We extended the bar about 10 feet. Uh, the most important thing we did was take the restrooms, not just down to the studs, but we also replaced the floors and ceilings. I mean, The restrooms are fantastic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is uh, important to me. A, a nice clean space. <laughs> a clean space, correct. So our ownership is three couples, um, and uh, the three ladies have uh, huge input into making it a comfortable place for women to be, too. That's, that's often overlooked in small little bars, and um, that's something that's really important to all of us is, is making sure that uh, a woman can feel comfortable coming in alone or uh, a group of ladies coming in with friends. Uh, you know, the bartenders are making sure and keeping an eye on people and making sure that it's not a, a rough-and-tumble sort of place. That's really important to us. Yeah, well, you've, certainly, um, you've certainly done that here. So... You have the other ownership group. How do you juggle how much time to, to spend at each bar? Um, you know, I'm kind of the boots on the ground here at this one. Um, and there's definitely input from everyone. But uh, when it comes to execution, I'm, I'm kind of the guy that's here. And so that kind of makes me the, the boots on the ground at two places. Um, I only bartend if someone gets sick. <laughs> But I, I still do really enjoy bartending when it comes up. Uh, yeah. It's just always a surprise. <laughs> uh, uh, how so? What do you mean it's always a surprise? Well, oh, you mean if somebody calls yeah, and says, oh, I'm okay. covering for somebody, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I basically just kind of have my schedule set out to where um, I bounce back and forth between the two. I have a daytime schedule that I follow. Um, that makes sure that I take the inventory on the same day every week for each place and do the ordering and make sure that the errands are all done for, you know, on, on this certain day. And you're always kind of gearing up for the weekend on Friday, making sure that everything's there to be sold and people are there to sell it and um, that there's nothing broken or leaking. Or <laughs> so if somebody thinks that they want to own a bar and work in this business, how many hours a week are we talking to really be successful in it? Man. Um, you know, that's the one, one thing about it is that it kind of is directly, uh, directly proportional to how much time you spend on it versus how nice it's going to be or, or how, how much people enjoy it. Um, you know, hiring good people also really, really helps um, having bartenders that are that care about the place and are wanting to keep it in good shape and um, but uh, it's it's really hard to quantify yeah uh, because I I probably spend you know five or six hours a day doing just kind of administrative stuff five days a week wow Uh, but then um, the unquantifiable part of it is the going and being there meeting the people in the neighborhood, making sure that you know who your regulars are and that they know who you are and that, um, you know, that you're a presence. Um, and for me, that's really important still at this stage. I know that, I mean, if you go to these bigger restaurant groups, you're never going to meet the owner, you know, 
you're probably not going to meet the chef. Um, but uh, in a small place like this that's intended to be a neighborhood community place, it's important for me to be touching hands. And so, you know, that part of the job can be not hard. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to sit down and talk to somebody that I don't know very well over a whiskey and a beer. Yeah. That's, that's great. I love doing that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, constantly concerned about the welfare of the employees and, and the customers and just making sure that everybody in there is having a good time. And so that's, you know, a few more hours in the evening and, and sometimes late at night. Um, I'll often come up and uh, close this bar and then go over to the other one and close it down also just to help the bartender do the taking out the trash work at the end of the night. Just let them know I'm on their team be present so I don't know I think if you have a whole lot more money and you're doing larger concept stuff um, if you spend a million dollars on a place and have have 25 people working there and a general manager and all of that then you probably get to spend a little less time inside yeah uh, for me we're talking you know five or six staff people at each place and they're family they're not just employees that I have so yeah. I gotta be there for them so is it fair to say you're not really paying attention to the clock you you really this is you this is yeah this is what you enjoy so it's true it's, it's timeless basically it's just yeah uh, I you know uh, it's a job like anything uh, some days are better than others but most of them are pretty good and I get to work with good people but yeah as far as I it's hard for me to tell you how many hours a week I work yeah. I can tell you how many hours a week I do inventory and wait for orders and fix toilets and stuff like that but um <laughs> But I couldn't tell you how much time I'm spending thinking about it, engaging with it, being there. You know. How do you go about marketing your bar? I, I'm sure you rely a lot on word of mouth mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So a neighborhood bar, what, what do you do to get the word out? Well, um, you know, again, it's important to be part of the community that you're in. Um, so uh, I've spent a little bit of time spring branch was not my neighborhood um i've spent quite a bit of time out here over the last year but um going to meet people in other places and going and sitting down at the blue lagoon or at cobble and spoke or at the branch or somewhere like that <coughs> um, you know it's important to go out and and meet the people in the community and, and let them know that you're here and um Advertising is, uh, it's interesting in the age of Facebook and Instagram, you know, we, we try to engage with uh, Nextdoor and we've engaged with the, um, uh, <coughs> the Spring Branch Management District mm -hmm. um, to try and, you know, we're, we're quite aware of all the plans that are going on for Spring Branch and the way that they're hoping to do street improvements and beautification. Um, so... Uh, yeah, a lot of it is word of mouth, but through those social media channels, um, you know, I was very lucky in at, with Houston Watch Company because um, it's in a kind of a bar district, um, but at the same time, bartending in town for 20 years and being a local musician, um, I had a lot of friends. And so we had a really good baseline to start from there. Uh, friends and family were coming out, and they were spreading the word very well for us. Spring Branch is, um, I, it turns out I know a lot more people over here than I thought I did. Um, but uh, it's not 
quite the same as being in the city center and so um, it's taken a little bit more work of going out and just shaking the hands finding the people to let them know that we're here and, yeah. uh, and open and it's a safe cool place to go yeah well hopefully this podcast will help so y'all need yeah. to come to might as well yeah. with an m we'll be right back Today's episode is sponsored by Pitney Properties. Pitney Properties provides real estate services to buyers and sellers located in and around the Houston area. Having been raised in Texas, LaVon Pitney is incredibly well-versed in the area's housing market and always manages to find her clients those hidden gems that other agents tend to overlook. LaVon's relentless style and integrity allow her to hold client satisfaction at her highest priority. She works hard to make the entire home buying and selling experience as is productive and enjoyable as possible. Whether her clients are first-time buyers or seasoned investors, LaVon works tirelessly to accommodate their needs and exceed their expectations. To learn more about LaVon's real estate services, please don't hesitate to call her today at 713-805-8871. That's 713-805-8871. Or contact LaVon at Soul at Pitney Properties. So speaking of might as well, how did how did that name come about? Um, you know, the the three couples that are involved. Um, my wife's a college professor uh, at uh, Lone Star College Tomball, and um, and I already had the other bar going, so we were doing okay. Um, one set of our partners owns, I think it's nine bars in town right now, um, so they were doing pretty well. And uh, then the co-founders of Eureka Heights, um, they have Eureka Heights Brewery, which is excellent, but they also both have full-time jobs. And so they were doing all right too. And um, we, none of us needed to do this, um, but the investment was relatively low. And um, it was something that just seemed fun and cool and in a, a way to, I don't know, just kind of have a, a fun little auxiliary business thing. Yeah. Um, now, for me, being the boots on the ground, it's it's part of my day-to-day work for sure. But uh, we all just kind of figured, like, that we might as well do it. Might as well open a bar. Um, you kept saying might as well, so. Well, and, and I did like how, th- <laughs> I, I did like, I think I still like it, but how that phrase comes up so much in the life of a Texan. Uh, and probably other people too, but uh, especially around here, those words come out of your mouth all the time. And it was kind of something where I was like, oh, it'll be a good like little ringing in your ear. Uh, every time someone says might as well, they'll just think about it a little bit. Um, 
Might as well, as in might as well have another. Yeah, well, or might as well stop on in. In, <laughs> yeah, in the original thinking of it, um, you know, we're right here between the energy corridor and downtown. Um, there's so many people moving right into the neighborhood that are energy corridor folks or the medical center that's right over there. Um, and just thinking about driving home after work or just finished mowing the yard and you know, like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I might as well go get a beer. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the genesis of it. I, you know, yeah. Clever. Yeah. yeah clever. 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 <laughs> so being a former musician <clears throat> yourself, do you, do you see having, um, some live acts in here from time to time or we don't have a lot of space. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't say no entirely, but um, certainly a full band situation would be difficult to fit into this spot. Yeah, uh, full band, maybe, maybe um, you know, a single uh, acoustic guitar or something yeah. like that. Although, I've been listening to the jams on the jukebox, and they're they're pretty tasty, so maybe you can do without. Yeah, um, you know, this bar is, um, it's got a couple of TVs, it's got a pool table, it's got a jukebox, it's... it's um, it's slated for for entertainment uh even if you're the only person or couple in here oh for sure uh, for sure and you've got uh you got a few games over there i see chess and uh yeah yeah uh, just a, a table full of board games and you know um it's it's just again kind of supposed to be a living room or a third place really you've got a living room at your house but you've got your work and your home and you want a third place to go where you can sit and be comfortable so oh it, it, it's y'all have done a fantastic job decorating it's, it's so clean and quaint and uh, i mean it, it blew me away honestly when when we walked in here saturday it really blew me away i was like man this is really cool and do you have any idea when this building was built I believe it's 1954. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say the 60s since yeah. I grew up, but, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. A lot of yeah. things popped up in the 50s. Well, yeah, and you would remember, so what I've been told about the history of this place and kind of uncovered a little bit being in the space mm -hmm. um, is that it opened in the 60s as Mickey's Lounge. Mickey's, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Which Mickey. we still have the sign for. Uh, we found it underneath the Robbie sign. Oh, no way. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm planning on putting it up uh, in here, but it's huge. It's 16 feet uh, long and about five feet tall. So I got to find a spot. I'm, I'm looking at your walls here and maybe ceiling. I see. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't see anything on the wall that would, would hold 16 feet. But that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So um, what I've been told about Mickey's is that Mickey ran the bar program at a country club in town and dealt a lot with professional golfers and other professional athletes in the 60s and this was his place that was close to his house that he had and he would run late night poker games in here with professional athletes um, so I've heard that from some of the old timers um, but Mickey's was a going concern from the 60s through either 83 or 84 and that's when Robbie bought it and turned it into Robbie's Lounge and then uh, yeah Robbie ran it from 83 84 until she passed away in wow. 18 so good long time yeah um, but uh, yeah most of the time that this building has been here it's been a bar of, of one sort or another 
and from what I understand, we're the third owners. Wouldn't that be something to know some of the names of the prof- professional athletes? That yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know any uh, specifically, but I've heard there were some original Oilers in here. And yeah, I can imagine because this is just like the perfect place that they can go, get away from where people see them and know them and all that, and just sure yeah have a good time and and yeah. And when we moved in, the windows were uh, translucent. <laughs> so, uh, we, we made them transparent so people could see inside. But uh, I think there was probably still some poker games going on up into the, up into the 2000s. Wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because I, no, I noticed the, uh, the marquee out there still has Robbie's Lounge on it. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a... I'm sure a lot of people still remember. You know, think of it by that name. The the signage has been uh, uh, just a. Uh, there's been a little bit of an issue with the landlord and changing out the the street signage, but um, it, we're gonna get it done and make sure it says "might as well" on it. <laughs> but if you're driving down Long Point and you see Robbie's yeah. on the uh, standing sign on the road, that's us. You got the right place. It says <laughs> "might as well" above the bar. Uh, yeah, pull so, in, pull in. Yeah. So, um, well, that's interesting. So, you're. You're getting around the area, going to restaurants and stuff, and, and mm-hmm. promoting your business, and and uh, of course we'll do everything. We, you know, uh, Facebook groups. There's a lot of Spring Branch Facebook groups, and we've already sure, posted yeah. on on ours uh, where we live, and, and letting people know about it because it's it's yeah. a very cool place. What um, are there any plans in the works to open a a, a third bar? Because I I know that this sort of just came up. So is that something y'all are actively looking for or, or are you fine just kind of holding it at two and well um for me personally um you know my partner at houston watch company is a completely different uh corporation we'll call it yeah. <laughs> uh than than this is um <clears throat> and this is a different set of partners uh i don't know that this particular set of partners is looking to do another thing um together <clears throat> but uh uh, that, yeah, that's more of a what am I doing with my life kind of question. Um, and yeah. one really cool thing about Houston um, is that the community here that I've grown and developed, my, you know, my, my chosen family, as it were, um, like one of the guys that I was in a band with for several years owns a bar over on the east side. Um, and one of his partners is one of my partners here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and... Uh, there are, you know, tons of us that have just grown up as uh, we were young bartenders in our 20s and now we're in our 40s and people have gone out and opened things and everybody's kind of looking around for the right opportunity. And so it, if I find the right set of people and the right space, then we can kind of get together. It's kind of like a band. It's like, well, we'll, we'll all go jam together on this new thing. Yeah. Um, we can, we can start a side project. Yeah. Um, currently I don't have anything specifically in the works, but you know, bar spaces come up a lot. Um, some of the time because people think it'd be fun to open a bar and they get into it and realize they're in over their head. And then somebody who is more familiar with the day to day comes in and, and grabs the space and, so our ear is always to the ground. Um, me 
and the other partners here and my partners at WatchCo and, um, and my friends in the industry. And if we find the right spot, the right thing, and it looks like the right thing to do at the time, then definitely. That's an inter interesting point you bring up, uh, Eric. So we've all seen multiple bar bars open up in the same location. Mm -hmm. and, and some of them fell, 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 and then all of a sudden one sticks. Sure. What, what's the magic formula to you? I mean, I've seen people waste a lot of money before on um, just because there's a lot of with any new project anytime you go into something you're not familiar with uh, I don't remember who coined the phrase but there's the unknown unknowns it might have been Donald Rumsfeld in Iraq but uh, <laughs> but there's always unknown unknowns uh, mm -hmm. Iraq or otherwise and uh, I think that you know sometimes people get into a situation and they don't realize that they're spending too much money on one thing or another. Um, I'm very, my time at the oil company and the uh, super low tolerance productions um, made me pretty meticulous with spreadsheets and, and seeing where the money's going and making sure that we're, um, that the financial health of the place is good, whether it's a 20 person place or a 100 person place or whatever. Um, sometimes it's just location. Sometimes something's weird about a space that just doesn't work i don't know i've seen really good restaurant groups go into the same space and two or three reputable groups will take a crack at a space and it just doesn't take off for some reason uh, but i've also seen people who have never done anything in the industry before go into a space that nobody thought would work and be successful so hmm. um, what 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 attracted I, I mean i know that you had a particular connection for this bar but was there anything about this bar in particular that attracted you personally is that where you looked at it and said yeah we can make this work well when, uh, other than my my good friends living here in the neighborhood and you know mm -hmm. I come over to visit them a lot um, but it was it seemed like we were always just going to their house mm -hmm. um, which was great um, but having a somewhere to go over in the neighborhood that wasn't just their house coming and meeting uh, my, my friend and partner Joel for a beer in his neighborhood um, we would go around and so we've been to a few of the places over here and believe me I love a good Texas dive like you know the place where it's better to go use the restroom by a tree outside than it is in the back <laughs> but um, but uh, when I came to Robbie's um they, the people here were always very sweet. Um, you know, I think there was at least one point where I came in here and they would not let me pay for anything um, just because I was a new person in town. And, uh, you know, and I got hugs from the bartender and the regulars when I left. And, and so that, that attitude and feeling of the community definitely helped a little bit. Um, and then on a, a little bit more of a clinical side, um, you know, as I mentioned, one of our partners used to work for the downtown management district. She helped me get into my downtown bar. Um, and um, so when we were thinking about coming to Spring Branch and, and kind of looking at the Spring Branch management district, I mean, they literally have radio ads and billboards up that say, bring your cocktail bar to, to Spring Branch. 
Wow. Like, we want your wine bars. We want your restaurants. And mm. uh, I think on sports radio, I heard I heard an ad, and there used to be a billboard on 10 that said that. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, and the things that the management district are, are planning for Spring Branch, um, the revitalization, I think they they want to bury power lines. They're going to make an esplanade down there, like a walkable esplanade. Um, they're... Everything's, I don't know how much of it's solid now, but they're talking about, you know, grants for beautification efforts, uh, like storefront beautification and things like that. I know for sure that they're doing um, the shopping center on the south side of Long Point between Huge Oaks and uh, Peck. Peck? Helen Dahl Peck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right there where the yeah. beef and bun. Right, where the beef and bun is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah there. Was. <laughs> oh, is it done? Is it it's over? done, yeah. Oh. Well, I used to eat there R. in R. high school all the time, by the way. I, I used to eat out there. I'd meet a friend who worked in the energy corridor. I used to meet him out here. I got, I got a story about, speaking of bars, I got a story about the bar in that strip center after we left here Saturday. But no, finish, right. finish your thought, too. Uh, but anyway, um, you know that that place is getting redone. Yeah, um, and I think it's next. I mean, they like they keep saying the next thirty days or something. Yeah, it yeah. was. I think I read sixty to ninety days they were going to start, and that was February. forty days ago. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, May is when it all needs to start happening. So yeah, cool. but yeah. Um, yeah, just to just to finish that thought, it, yeah. all of the stuff that's being planned for Spring Branch is exciting, and I. Um, like over in the east end on navigation where the original nymphas is um there was a plan done there that sounds very similar and it's been really cool over there it's they have farmers markets and you go and mm. shops and mm-hmm. so what's planned for spring branch um helped made the decision a lot easier to come into um this particular space and the neighborhood in general yes yeah. yeah that's one of the reasons we we bought a townhouse over here I mean, yes yeah so, uh, you know the only bar that's in that strip center over there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> so we left here, and uh, after you uh, helped us uh, get our day off to a really wonderful start, we went over there, and, uh, you know, the talk around, talk to a couple of the neighbors, you know, like, oh, that place is, you know, it's this and that, and it's really noisy over there, and blah, 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 and I would never go in there. It's scary and all this, and I said, sure. All right, well, let's go in there, LeBon. <laughs> yeah, let's check it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we walked in there and um, uh, introduced myself, uh, much like I introduced myself to you, and, and uh, the guy introduced himself as the owner of that, of that bar. Now, it was about 7 o'clock. Not much was happening yet. And sure. uh, he bought us our first beer, and that was real nice of him because uh, I told him, you know, we were a neighbor. And he said, well, welcome to the neighborhood. And, and I said, uh, I know she got a mechanical bull over there. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, what, t- what time does that crank up? He says, about nine, but you want to ride it now? I said, yeah, I do. Yeah. So we ended up riding the mechanical bull. But it, 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 what you were talking about earlier about walking into a place and just the owner treating it that way and making you feel welcomed and everything, you know, you're yeah. definitely on to the, on the something there. I mean, that's you, you did it made us feel welcome and all that and, and just be in here yeah you know just be in here and and, and uh, kind of opening that door for people to come in and and like you say uh, i think you said earlier making it uh, your living room exactly away yeah. from your home that's that means a lot 
So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're on to something. Because this is a great place for that. There's so many homes and residents right around here within walking distance. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, I know more people in Spring Branch than I thought I did. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of my friends from my 20s are moving over here and starting their families or they've recently started their families. And so it's been real fun to reconnect. I mean, I can, I'm sitting where I'm sitting, I can see the house of a friend of mine. Um <laughs> just across the street but uh it's cool to reconnect with those people and then i've gotten the feedback from from those old friends that said well oh, we're so glad that you're here because we thought we were moving out of where everything was we moved out of montrose to the heights and now we're over here because the housing's cheaper and the school districts are great um and uh yeah it's been it's been great to kind of uh flow with those folks you know Cool. Well, um, I, I want to leave you with this uh, with this idea or thought. Um, so, you're a guitar player, right? Indeed. Yeah. Are, are you uh, vocals too? Uh, I, I only if I am not having to play guitar at the same time. Okay, I could kind of do backups, but I'd have to stop <laughs> with the hands. <laughs> okay, I've got. I can do either. I can do. Uh, uh, guitar or bass um, yeah I prefer not to do vocals but you know right yeah. so maybe we should just one night give it a try I mean just a little space right here oh man just give me a song list of you know yeah 20, 20 songs so I'll, I'll get it together real quick and then just <laughs> just give the live music try a try one night what do you think uh, yeah man, we could maybe do that I mean I'm, I'm not gonna a perform few, a few of these <laughs> oh you're not gonna perform oh no I'm I'm you're done awful yeah I've never I've always been the um, I perform real well in an ensemble um, as a solo artist that I can't uh, Okay, I got if you. it's a campfire situation, I, I don't pick up the guitar. Uh, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, thank you very much. That was a fun, fun conversation. And um, um, on your cron, we have uh, what I like to call kind of a legacy question. So okay. um, if you could imagine 100 years from now, you're... you're mm. uh, grandkids perhaps or somebody from your extended family or, or whoever yeah is, is picks up this recording and listens to it what what would you like to tell them what would you like to them to remember about you or about anything in general um wow that's a that's a real deep thought question oh it's a deep one yeah um i don't know i i, I would like to be remembered as a, a kind person that uh cared about those around him both uh, friends family and strangers uh, I, I think that you know when you get really right down to it the reason that I'm in this business and, and not in another one is because I love I love being around people and I love finding good people and um, so I, I would hope that I would be just remembered as someone who was um, a good member of their community and society uh, I know that's that's almost as broad as the question is deep, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a very good answer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, well, well said, my friend. Well said. Well, uh, Eric, thank you very much for being a guest on Yurkron. And um, just one more time, and, and we'll post this on the Yurkron website as well. But uh, uh, the the address and name of both bars, uh, uh, so everyone can find them. So here in Spring Branch, you can visit us at 8518, 8518 Long Point Road, uh, just right off Bingle. 
and uh, it's the Might As Well Lounge and Boosnasium. Uh, one of my partners insisted that we add and Boosnasium on the end. And, and what is the Boosnasium? Uh, made up word. Oh. Um, a place where you can do your 12 ounce curls. <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, when I posted that on our neighborhood Facebook group page, mm-hmm. somebody said, oh, the Boosnasium exclamation point. So yes. that word is getting around. I, uh, didn't, yeah. I did not realize that that was a made up word. That's it, pretty cool. Very Googleable uh, <laughs> because I don't think anyone else has made it up yet. <laughs> I think you should trademark it myself personally. Oh, hey, but. man, get the paperwork in. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's this place. Uh, might as well lounge in Boosnasium. And then, uh, and we're open uh, 4 p.m. to midnight on weekdays until 2 a.m. on sun- on Friday and Saturday. Uh, and hours can be extended as uh, business is necessary. Uh, but uh, As needed. Yeah. And then uh, the other one downtown is the Houston Watch Company. So if you find yourself downtown at a at a baseball game or a basketball game or theater or something like that. We're an easy walk to all that stuff. Better to park at our place pre-game, post-game there. Uh, just a pro tip downtown. Excellent. Now, if, if I park there, do I need an Uber to get to the stadiums? or No, no. Uh, I walk from work uh, from the Houston Watch Company to uh, the baseball stadium. is about a 10-minute walk. To the basketball stadium, it's about 15. Oh. Uh, to the theater district it's less than 10 um, okay and tons of good restaurants around there and uh yeah that is good information that is good yeah i might edit that out because i don't want (laughs) (laughs) i don't want my parking spot taken well there is a there's an 11 story parking deck uh, a block away from uh, Uh, the houston watch company too and i think they only charge five bucks um, oh my gosh yeah oh man that's it you know you got a place to go before the game you got a place to go after the game The Houston Watch Company. Houston Watch Company, 913 Franklin Street. Houston on Franklin Wa- between Main and Travis. Okay. Houston Watch Company yeah. and uh, might as well. There's might your two well. there's your two bars to go to, everybody in, in the Houston area or out of the Houston area if you're coming into town. Go check it out. Come say hi to Eric. Eric, thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. First podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. We got it done. Let's go have another beer. All right. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Hey everyone, Scott here to let you know about a special promotion we're having at Your Quan. We are looking for companies that would like to advertise on our podcast. So we are offering advertising space at $25 per podcast. That's only 25 bucks to have your business on a podcast episode. That means every time the episode is played, people are going to hear about your business. And your commercial stays on that podcast forever. So that's a great deal, right? So if you're interested, email me, scott at yourcron.com. That's S-C-O-T-T at Y-O-U-R-C-H-R-O-N.com. Scott at yourcron.com. I would love to hear from you. Bye.